welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I am your host, Kat Bailey, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. Uh, you are back. I am back after, well, let's just say uh, my three years of good luck ran out all at once and I got a terrible case of COVID. Uh, oh, my God. I, I'm okay now, but dear God, I am tired. That uh, that just sneaks up on you and really hits you in the back of your head, especially when you're an old woman. Have you gotten it, Eric? Oh, also, Eric Van Allen is here. It, if y'all's podcast co-hosts say they're going out to get some milk, don't believe them because they'll <laughs> leave you for a week to run the whole podcast by yourself, and, and you don't know yeah. when they'll come back. Sorry about that. Sorry, just, Eric. I kind of messaged you in the morning saying, yeah, I have these two lines. The two lines, <laughs> the, capital. I have the lines. The lines. I, Sorry, I really, really had to go skiing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was clinically <laughs> important. COVID, skiing, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah. But Nadia, that, that's so rough. I'm so sorry. In any case, uh, who is our special guest? Uh, hi, my name is Elise Stanley, and I'm an editor with Launcher.gg, the Washington Post gaming arm. Awesome. And we, yes, Elisa is awesome. And we have Elise with us today because we're going to be talking about Fire Emblem Engage, the latest from Intelligence Systems, a celebration of Fire Emblem history. I've started playing it. I think Eric has started playing it. Elise, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I believe, reviewed it for yeah. Launcher. So we I, got... I reviewed it and put a ridiculous number of hours into it because I have a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just started it. Maybe that's a positive question mark? Well, we will be discussing all of that when we get to the segment. In the meantime, if you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Catbot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford and Eric is at C Moosey. And Elise, where can we find you? Uh, I am at Pythialise, P-I-T-H-Y-A-L-Y-S-E. And we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, where you can get tons of bonus content, including lots of Fire Emblem-related content. We mm-hmm. have a Fire Emblem Three Houses Pantheon episode available. We have a Fire Emblem, uh, sorry, an Intelligent Systems History podcast of the Game Developers Quest. And then beyond that, all of our other bonus content, including Charlie and Dropouts, our Final Fantasy 14 podcast. Nadia, what was the latest uh, Charlene Dropouts about? Uh, basically, Victor did a audio tour of the Lost City of Amib... Am- the poor. Um, thank you so much, Eric. I'm just like... <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> COVID brain. Uh, so, usually Victor's stuff kind of goes into, like, deep history about uh, dungeons and whatnot, and I have to admit, like, he knows this stuff on a level that I do not, so mm-hmm. by all means... Mm-hmm. Go and listen to that episode. It is free. And if you like it, please consider subscribing to our Patreon and you get even more Charlene Dropouts. Uh, a weekly show shout out to Victor uh, and uh, his his significant other partner for their ceremony of eternal bonding, which Nadia and oh, I yeah. attended. It was wonderful. It was oh, really that's, cute. That's wonderful. Wait, did they get married in Final Fantasy 14? They got married Lost in Final me. Fantasy 14. It's a huge business getting married in Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Oh they make God. money that way. 20 bucks, get married in the game. All right, here's your chocobo. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's- this is the first Final Fantasy 14 thing I'm actually interested in. How is this a huge business? Is it like a cosmetics thing? So, it's a cos- basically, yes. oh, you go ahead, Eric. You explain it. Yeah, yeah. So the, the whole way it works is that you have to sign up for a thing, and it is almost like planning a real wedding because you have to book 
the actual venue that that this takes place in it's an instanced event within the game world and you you book it and you can send out invites to players and players will have to show up with their invite to get in and then you'll be able to get i think vic was saying that there's different packages that you can get that have different like goodies you can give away to players so he gave all of us like champagne bottles that we could pop uh during the ceremony and stuff uh there's there's this cool waiting room area where everybody is while the the uh two people getting married get set up and then you actually go in and there's a whole ceremony area um nadia went running across the aisle at one point it was very funny Yeah, i screwed up sorry about that (laughs) everyone was laughing at me i didn't understand what was going on it it was very also the the dress code was formal and nadia showed up in cowboy attire and it's very important (laughs) that i i mentioned that on the pod i was sick i didn't have time to get a glam together i actually have a a a balthier outfit that i meant to wear but i couldn't find it every everyone showed up looking great asuka mizuchi my warrior of light was rocking this great tux that accidentally was the same color as victors so that was funny but uh yeah nadia shows up in full western attire which is <laughs> uh, good glam i had it to is, farm for that glam. glam it is a good glam <laughs> um, to go some call over and over again is there yeah, ever they, any drama where like people are like i object in like russian they, they have the line they have, they have the line. line of if any party objects to this union speak now or forever hold your peace they have that in There's 14 gotta be rp where that happens yeah and then it's like oh you know everybody hit okay to move forward to the next cut because there's cutscenes, and the the one part i do actually like i'm sure victor liked a lot as well is that it actually incorporates whatever uh god you've chosen from the 12 as your chosen deity because it'll use that symbol on like your side of the um altar during the bonding ceremony and it was it was kind of neat it was it was really fun they do a whole cut scene and, and these dialogues and all this stuff at the end uh they get a special glam and also uh, a two-person chocobo that they can ride off on together so we did a whole thing yeah. where we made the um tunnel with people on either side and they ran down it on their two-person chocobo out the out the door and then we all got on our mounts and flew off and it was great it was it that's was actually my favorite thing at ff14 when everyone gets on their mounts and you have everything from like glowing horse to gorilla and bed and yeah, just everyone yeah. just kind of taking off after the bride and groom that was actually really fun but yeah this is stuff you have to pay for you can't just like book yeah, this you for free you yeah. can pay up to like I don't know. The full package comes with like we got like little party favors. We've got these bride smoogles that have little baskets of flowers mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that follow mm-hmm. you. And they, if there's five, they get together in a circle and dance. So we had these little moogles dancing around us. It was very cute. Sounds like it was the wedding of the century. It's like it, it was fantastic. In one of those comic books, you know, sometimes when a character gets married and they have the big splashy spread page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's Who's exactly all what there? It was. Oh, we have the tons book. of Gpo screenshots. Don't worry. Of, yeah, of everyone sure. who showed up yeah now that sounds like the topic of uh charlie and dropouts excellent <laughs> actually yeah some good uh some how to plan a fun wedding episode might be nice <laughs> mm-hmm. oh that would be the good. charlie okay. and dropouts guide down. to planning the ultimate wedding mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. you go because people there were doing go. that in animal crossing too right so maybe oh yeah oh yeah animal far crossing back. i remember attending online weddings ragnarok online in 2003 and uh, so we go to chapel and there'd be a wedding and then Ahmad would summon Baphomet and just ruin everything. It was pretty great. I'm going to two weddings this year for the first time in quite a while. So mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. it's been making me thinking a little bit about weddings. Um, I'm sure many, many people have gotten married in Wa- World of Warcraft as well. I'm oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
All right. It's time to talk about what we've been playing, our sacrifices to the blood god and Elise. Now that you're free of Fire Emblem, what is on your radar? You're free! That that is honestly how it kind of felt because uh, around the same time as when I got the code, I was working on a like indie gems you may have missed this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did not allow myself to start Fire Emblem until I submitted that article because I knew that as soon as I did, I would just be gone. Um, But so I've been of going back and finishing some of those uh, games that like I checked out that I really liked, but just for time, didn't have the time to finish. Uh, and one of them was a uh, little gator game. I don't know if you guys mm. are familiar that with that cute. one. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. It's like someone took a short hike and then um, Breath of the Wild and like pushed them together. But then also if you have siblings, it's like a his older sister is getting, so it's a, you play as a little gator. His older sister is going off to college and she's back on break. Uh, and then he sets up the whole island to be like an RPG adventure, just like when they were kids, because that's what they would do. Uh, uh, and there's like it, cardboard monsters and like little quests and stuff. Uh, it's so, like a Mori without the horror element. Yeah. So if you are a sibling, it will destroy you emotionally. But I had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm a middle child and the only girl in the family. I have two sisters and uh, one older and one younger. And it was just very, very sweet. You see like... Uh, not ghost versions because that implies they're dead but you see you see like visions of like when they used to play as kids and the the little brother is like very intent on like no we can distract if we just make the game even more fun if we just make even more uh quests Uh. and villains and stuff and you can get like cute little hats and uh you can naruto run if you get a naruto run headband then you naruto run the the game yeah it's very very fun The Naruto run thing feels like a lore from another generation for me, but I read. Uh, I remember reading a thing on Tumblr saying how uh, this person was saying how when they were in school, someone was doing the Naruto run down the hall and they fell on their face, and from then <laughs> on, the Naruto run was banned. Not because the kid like hurt himself, but because they thought it was a gang thing. So no <laughs> that happened at my school too, because it was why. Well, so it wasn't because someone fell down, but it was because like they didn't sell like Naruto bands in Hot Topic, or like you couldn't like buy them unless oh. you like, order them online. And so people would make them, and then yeah, my school <clears> thought, <throat> thought that they were, even though they were made out of like ribbon and duct tape, people thought it was a gang thing. You got the Crips <laughs> and the Bloods here in the hallway. To be it's fair, very the Crips funny. were there at my high school. Oh, okay. so I can see oh. why. I can see why in they fairness, could be a little They were there. They were. They there. were doing Naruto runs too. They they were also strangely like that. <laughs> That was their thing. It was a very strange uh, band of that gang. Um, my, I had a younger sister. Um, shout out to Emily. And one of the, a weirder part of my lore, personal lore, is that my sister was named Emily. My best friend in high school was named Emily, and my partner is named Emily, which makes it very hard to keep track of all. Of them. No, not that Emily. That Emily, mm-hmm. which is part of the lore of my generation because there were like 18 billion Emilys in my class. But. So you, you're mm. you're kind of like Ron Swanson then with Tammy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, I, underst- I understood that reference. Um, I have a bunch of games on my list at the moment. Um, I finally finished Breath of the Wild recently, oh, oh. which was awesome. Um, I had been meaning to do it for a while. I was inspired by the Tears of the Kingdom discussion, but I made a little list of games in kind of priority. Um, right now I'm playing cri- the Crisis Core remake on my Steam Deck and kind of digging it. It's really variable in terms of quality. Like sometimes uh-huh. you're like, wow, this is gorgeous. Wow, they really did a great job. And then there are times you're like, 
like the character models are really bad or um so it's kind of up and down i'm i'm generally pretty happy it's a deeply silly game it is <laughs> i love zach very uh what what's the word um gongaga is the word you're looking gongaga for. that's yeah, the word you yeah. want yeah very compilation of final fantasy yes and so, genesis oh, yeah genesis with the poetry and zach is just a huge goofball like oh, the biggest the goofball yeah I don't, I, I don't hate zach he's very silly and i think he's emblematic of how silly final fantasy 7 really got over how time how far are you in the game though because things get very not silly oh i know eventually. i know um i i think i'm like well into it. i'm like in and by well into it, i'm like in chapter three thereabouts so like the story is starting to really is starting to really get going as it were so yeah um i like the battle system a lot actually uh the 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 slot machine the dmw is kind of whatever but i enjoy how it feels it's got a little bit of that final fantasy 7 remake i remember playing the psp version and not really being into the battle system all that much so this feels like kind of an improvement and like I said, and it actually runs extremely well on my Steam Deck. Uh, for once, <laughs> Square was at least sort of optimized for it. I was like, oh, okay, well, fair play to Square. Um, I'm also uh, playing. Uh, I'm playing Fire Emblem Engage. Obviously, I'm playing Streets of Rage Four. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, I've been playing uh, Streets of Rage Four. Uh, just like. I was like, well, what should I play next? And with a friend of mine, we were like, oh, let's play Streets of Rage 4. Mm-hmm. So Good game. I'm going to fire that one up pretty soon. And there was one more, and I'm trying to remember what the heck it was. And I'm trying not to make this bad podcasting while I slightly delay and open you, up what my thing is. And the answer Twitter. was The Last of Us Part 1. Because I'm watching. Really? Yes, I'm oh, watching, watching the show. Oh, you're watching the show. Yeah. I'm watching the show. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that post show content. Um, okay, yeah, content. you're right. I was yeah. not around that. Yeah, but I, uh, I, I, funnily enough, I played Last of Us Part Two before I played Last of Us Part One. Um, I'm familiar with the arc of the story and everything, but I never really played through the entirety of the game. So I'm like, right. oh, this is a good time to do it, so that I can like appreciate the the HBO show and whatnot. But yes, yeah, so I, I've got a bunch of games on my list, and then Chained Echoes is still there mm. somewhere but um oh shit i, I, I can, forgot about that i can already feel like the little drip of games starting to get stronger and stronger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i have some thoughts on fire emblem engage but i'll share them for my the later topic but yeah uh crisis core remake so far i'd recommend it um how about you nadia what are you playing uh well i spent a lot of time just kind of in the dark <laughs> listening to music <laughs> But uh, I did play a little bit of games. I played, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say part of this for the Nostalgia Nook because I did play some Secret of Mana. I started a new game, actually. Yeah. My, actually, my brother, uh, his brother-in-law died very suddenly, and he was about my age. Oh, and no. like he was a big fan of Secret of Mana, so I just kind of started up a new game in his honor. I figured, why not? Aww. It's never a bad reason to start up a game of Secret of Mana. But I also played um, Fire Emblem Engage. I was playing that all of yesterday, and I'm, I'm sure I'll talk about that when the, the time comes around. But dear God, it's just like so bizarrely like the, the minute you turn on this game and you see like your character Aquafresh Man, like Gay Mary Ghost Martha, I'm like, this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. I know exactly what this game is. So, that, so that we'll get to song that. That sounds like a Saturday morning like mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's strong great. opening pitch. Yeah, I like uh, Aquafresh Woman. 
I like Oktoberfest too, and he's just so no thoughts had empty. But uh, as I said, we'll get to that. I was also playing a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen, just kind of catching up with the raid stuff and the the new stuff in the patch. And at one actually at one point, it was during one of my most feverish days, and I had the fan turned on full blast on on me because like if I moved, I would the, the temperature just shoot right back up. And I'm just sitting there kind of half sweating, miserable, playing this like raid is dark. My husband walks in. He's also sick as hell because we got sick at exactly the same time. I'm just like sounding like a, a, a combination between like Oscar the Grouch and Tom Waits. Like, I want to die as I'm just kind of fighting Menfina in Final Fantasy 14. Mm, so mm-hmm. that was a kind of a, a funny memory looking back. But it was I did very much want to die at that point. Mm. I felt Aww. so bad. That song, though, that song, the violins. That song, I have yeah. to admit, I part of what I listened to in the dark was just like that song over and over again. And just like, I love that song so much because I'm a keeper of the moon. And that mm-hmm. song is about mm-hmm. keeper of the moon. Well, losing your virginity as a keeper of the moon, to be honest with you. Yeah, but yeah. that's something mm-hmm. else for Charlotte and Dropouts. So a whole new world in that song. Yes. <laughs> I um it's no nowhere near COVID, but there was that week when we were doing the podcast marathon where you were in pretty hindsight, sick. Oh, in God. hindsight, I wanted to die that week. It yeah. was yeah. rough. Yeah. I can't believe I I can't believe I got through like five podcasts that week. Mm-hmm. That was a lot mm-hmm. of editing, but you were pretty sick, so I didn't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I felt bad for you, but <laughs> the sound wave, like I just seeing the spikes constantly and being like, okay, delete, 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 delete. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Uh, okay. Cat coughed and, and forgot to, to close the mic. Okay. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It sneaks Apologize. up on you. I can relate. We got there. We got there. We got there in the end. That's, you got my back. We're a party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Indeed. We're, we're a group of friends fighting evil. In this case, evil is sickness. Um. Mm. Eric, what is the curse pit of Final Fantasy fourteen? Well, I'm I'll afraid get to, to ask. I'll get to the curse pit of Final Fantasy fourteen. I have two other updates, real quick. Uh, I okay. did play more Chained Echoes after last week. Uh, I'm further in to those of you who listened to last week's episode with Austin Walker. Uh, I'm really happy with how it turned out. I think y'all should go listen to it if you haven't. Yeah, go yeah, listen thank to you it. Thank up after us. It was it was a really fun discussion. Eric is the hero that we need. <laughs> absolutely um but uh that game continues to surprise and amaze me at every turn i think some of the act two stuff it gets into is absolutely amazing and i will genuinely be surprised if i get to the end of this year and it's not on my game of the year list it is whoa it is genuinely it was just, for last year though it, are we counting it this year yeah I but like, like december, december cut off it's all weird you know it, it mm. counts it counts um i absolutely really just am enjoying that game and i'm enjoying playing it like a little bit at a time uh i also tried to boot up my switch to finish xenoblade chronicles 3 and it turns out that leaving a game paused on the final cutscene of the game for so long will eventually Eric. crash the game so now i have to Eric. re-beat the final boss for Jesus. the fourth time and then i can finish xenoblade chronicles 3 it's a cool fight but not that cool it's not that cool (laughs) what are you doing look we're just going through it over here okay it's 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 going to be all right um but yeah final fantasy 14 i got back into it because of the patch uh the raid series which is honestly i think one of the best raid series they've done uh, the, the new Alliance raid is absolutely fantastic. It's about the myths of the realm. So you're actually fighting the gods of 14 
and uh it, it's got like very if you fought the greek pantheon type vibes uh all the gods are very um evocative of the things that they represent and it's it's a really cool fight series because of that but as longtime listeners and charlian listeners might know i have a white whale in 14 i want to get the triple triad mount <laughs> because it oh, is good luck it's the most sicko thing you can do in that game because getting every triple triad card means basically doing everything that game has to offer and so finally i decided i needed to start making progress on some of the stuff that was not just playing triple triad and i started doing the crafting and gathering in that game it is a deep deep pit so bad but I wanted to shout it out on this week of Blood God because I went to the Diadem, which is a special instanced raid area specifically for crafting and gathering uh, yes. that, that got added as part of the Ishgardian restoration. And I, I go into this zone where it's just people hitting rocks and trees to get materials and resources. And it's just a bunch of 14 nerds talking about their favorite RPGs in the instance chat while also hitting a bunch of rocks and trees and i had the most (laughs) wonderful time just vibing out and hitting Mm -hmm. rocks and trees to get resources while talking about the yeast series they they were like yo let's talk about the yeast or yes okay yes yes is it yes or the band yes yes it's (laughs) yes it's yes i heard you say yes it's yes (laughs) yes Usually when I'm there, people are really high. Like, it is a place people go when you're high. When you kind of smoke too much, you're like, oh, shit, now I can't play the game because I'll tank like an idiot. So you just go (laughs) to the diadem and hit rocks, and you're like, you know what? This is cool. I can deal with this. It's so chill, and, like, everyone was just vibing out, having a good talk about Final Fantasy, about Ease, about uh, all these different RPGs that they were all like, oh, yeah, I've been thinking about trying like the Trails series and like what's a good place to get into that and how's that new Trails game? And I was like, I found it. My people, I found it. (laughs) The Bloodgardians. I I found that and I also started the Gundam quest line, which is the Sorrow of Werelit stuff. I'm I'm sorry, Um, the Gundam quest line? There is a Gundam quest. It is is Gundam. You you get in a mech, you fight other mechs. uh, They're child soldiers. There is war. There is sorrow. Um, Wow. Yeah. Well, they have literally a Gundam class in this game. Well, not literally, but almost. (laughs) I... um, Speaking of Gundam, I've been watching Witch from Mercury, and I just finished episode nine. It's a good show. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very gay. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it takes uh, <clears throat> Gundam's themes of going into space and war and puts an interesting and very actually fairly modern spin on them. If you haven't checked it out, strongly recommend. I'm really enjoying it. Also, a banger of an opening theme song. Mm, Holy mm-hmm. cow. Um. Somebody heard that Gundam was for the olds and said, okay, but how can we make it not for them? What if we make it really gay? Mm-hmm. As gay as we can get to Isn't a Gundam, Gundam always gay, in, in a different way. Gay in a, a different, different way. Because Much nobody nobody different. watches 0079 and thinks that the Amuro Shar stuff is, is just... It's entirely straight. I yeah. saw them fencing in space. All right, I know. I know how subtext works. <laughs> the sexual tension. <laughs> well, but this one's different because it has gay ladies, and that's what's mm-hmm, interesting mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go check out Witch for Mercury. 
And now for a series of random encounters. Marvel's Avengers is ending all official support on September 30th, 2023, whereupon it will be delisted. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft Paris staff have called on, uh, have been called on to strike over CEO's recent comments. AGDQ 2023 closed out their event with $2.6 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Um, this is apparently one for Eric because his favorite story beat in games. More military documents leak on the War Thunder forum. It's so the hilarious. Best. It's the funniest thing every time it happens. It's like once again, military documents have leaked because somebody did not want to lose a forum argument on the War Thunder forums. And it's Yet again. funny every time. <laughs> And finally, in a much darker note, uh, there have been tons of layoffs this past week, including in Microsoft, Riot Games, Google Alphabet, Vox, Amazon, and um, Google. most sadly, uh, GameSpot and Giant Bomb, including some of our friends, our hearts mm-hmm. go out to Voidburger mm-hmm. and Michael Hyam. Uh, there's just no doubt about it. Layoffs suck. And mm-hmm. it's been a particularly rough week. A lot of soul searching in the games media, I think. Yeah, we're called upon to do that more often than we should. But yeah, it's yeah. just uh, it's a really, really kind of sour state of affairs. It's hard to actually recommend to people, hey, you should get into this this industry at all. Uh, when kids ask me, how, what do I do to get into the games industry? I say, well, first and foremost, <laughs> unionize. That's it. Yeah. yeah, Start there. The rest will fall into place. Yeah. My, my advice is always make sure this is what you want to do for a living don't you really gotta love it (laughs) yeah don't get into this because you like to play games don't get into this because you like the concept of games (laughs) concept yeah understand the concept of like like know that writing about games is something you want to do for your livelihood and if you think that's not what you want to do for your livelihood there are so many other ways you can do other things and still do some writing on the side uh, for sure, for sure. I, I never know what to say when people ask that question. I've started just saying, uh, work hard, uh, be kind, and get lucky, honestly. Get lucky mm-hmm. is a big mm-hmm. one. Network. Mm-hmm. Network is yeah. a huge one. Uh, these days, though, I'm more behind the scenes than up front. Um, so even so, it's just really dis- disheartening to see so many of my friends, great friends, great writers, great everything, just lose. And not yeah. only lose things, not only just lose their jobs, but usually lose it in the most undignified way possible. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I have a friend, actually, if you're listening to, like, Retronauts, uh, I just had my friend Larch on, on the show talking about LBGTQ representation in games. Go ahead and listen to that. But she works at Google, and it's like, well, do you have a job now or do you not? I don't know. We're in Canada. We haven't heard anything. Mm-hmm. And you hear about the people in America, like, you know, Okay, if your your card scans red, you're you're out. If you're if it's green, you're fine. And someone was saying, "I'm colorblind. This is a nightmare." Oh, I shouldn't laugh, but it was. Pretty funny. You, you got to find the humor in these. Yeah. you really do. I'm a very everything's on fire. Yeah, I'm very much a dark humor person. I gotta say, this has not been a this this era has been very good at providing me with terrible laughs. I uh, I read somewhere that of the Vox layoffs, one of the women was uh, on maternity leave. Yeah, yes. she was my friend. That's, oh my god really I was yeah appalled. she's a good friend of mine and she uh was literally on maternity leave <clears throat> raised looking after her baby and she's like well i no longer work for for vox uh, that's one great. of those things she, that feels illegal and i'm like how is that mm-hmm. legal mm-hmm. she uh, 
she will be fine. She's a very prominent writer, but That's good. Um, and but at the same time, come on, Vox. Yeah. Break. Yeah. yeah. Well, on a happier note, let's talk about Fire Emblem Engage, which is now out on the Nintendo Switch. I think a lot of people have been slightly nonplussed by this game because it's like, is it like Three Houses? Is it not like Three Houses? What's up with the dude with the Aquafresh hair, the, the red and the blue? Here's what's up with the dude with the Aquafresh hair. One of the tropes of Fire Emblem has always been that there's a uh, red and blue. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, red and blue has always been a trope. Uh, so Mark and Roy. That's what it is, you know. Um, also, uh, uh, red and green, the, the social night and the the other type of night. That's true. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so colors have always been a thing. And, and I have to say, I, I'm playing as Aquafresh Lady, and I think I, I actually kind of dig her. I, I like the super long hair. Um, she's very clearly has a thing for the divine dragon. Um, well, okay, that's her mom. Sorry about that. <laughs> Look, um, the she, romance she in this game is a whole different a whole hot topic. Thing. Yeah, it's they on really love new, each other. It's a whole new world. I know. They're just such um, great friends. They're such, such great, great friends. friends. They look like good friends. I, um, I keep joking Mar- with Martha's my... a force ghost. Yes, everyone's a force ghost. Everyone's Sigurd a force is a force ghost. ghost. Uh, Lynn. <laughs> Yeah. Sigurd, which game was Sigurd in? Was genealogy, first genealogy. Genealogy. Holy War. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Which I do love the names that they came up with for all these different characters of that they're not just like, oh, you summon from, you know, the Holy War or whatever, but it's like the dream of the Holy Knight or the dream of the Azure oh, Twins God, for yeah. Sigurd it's Stones. Like a, it's like a mm-hmm. riddle. It's like, ooh, yeah. Be? yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of comparisons to Fire Emblem Three Houses, but the long and the short of it is that Fire Emblem Three Houses was much more about the uh, the Mimi characters and the relationships that you're building with them and everything, and the, the combat was somewhat secondary. I would definitely say the tactics elements of this game come much more to the forefront, like, right yeah. away. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Starting with the Engage system, which is... You have uh, a character with you. Initially, it's uh, Marth, and they confer your character uh, special powers or special abilities, special upgrades to their uh, tactics. The maps are much more designed than they were in Three Houses. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I like that a lot better. Um, I could immediately tell as someone who's, A, a little bit of an older school fan of Fire Emblem, and B... Maybe more systems oriented and less mm-hmm. concerned about um, uh, story. Like I'm like, yeah, this is the kind of game that I can just sit on the couch and enjoy. So mm-hmm. I figured so far, it was very really much a, a cat game. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love it so far. I know the story is not forefront, but for a very, very long time, Fire Emblem wasn't so much about the story. Not saying it has nothing. Of course, it has something, and hmm. it has like the kind of goofy character connections that keep you playing. It reminds me a lot of. The fun of Fire Emblem Heroes, seeing all these hero, these people mm, walk around mm, your base, mm. like it's kind of like that, but you know, a Switch game. And as you say, the tactics are very good. Like it's a having a very great, a very good time with it. I think the engage the engage system is just like so silly and fun. Like again, like I put up that that video of Marth first coming out and like engaging with the character. And I'm like, oh, this is a very very heterosexual video because of course I chose <laughs> the male uh, male Aquafresh man. And uh, yeah, it's just, it knows what it is right out of the gate. It's not trying to, to snow you over or anything like that. It has very cute cats too. 
can I just say that the male Alir, who's the the main character Alir, of the game, the or default name, I guess, but male Alir reminds me of Buster from Arrested Development pretty often oh because God. he's so much like mother and all that and then like has emotional breakdowns at the drop of a pin and yes, is I just love him. he's he's such a chaos child and i love him for that but yeah i i absolutely feel like tactics are at the forefront of this game and i think the weapon triangle not only bringing it back but the way they brought it back with the mm-hmm. break system where now you don't That's just cool. get numbers advantage but you get to turn off counterattacks for a unit I had a map last night where I needed to take out an archer and I only had like two units in the area. And one of them was a Pegasus Knight and couldn't reach to like actually stab the archer. Uh, (laughs) So I was like, I have to throw a javelin, but you don't want to throw a javelin at an archer because if you don't kill that archer with the javelin, it's going to shoot right back at you. Well, the other unit was a hand to hand combat, a medic, and the medic just ran in there, broke the archer's stance and then javelin came in and finished the job off and i was like this is cool this feels really good in practice and it really does feel like they are making a fire emblem game where it just feels really good to play the tactics of fire emblem and Mm -hmm. i know that sounds like kind of reductive but it it does feel like everything was focused more on the tactics battles whereas three Mm -hmm. houses was maybe a little bit more concerned with some of the management type stuff and and some of the battles felt like they were there they were like a goal but maybe not the goal of the game all the time yeah and uh we, we talked about this in the three houses pantheon where we were discussing how it's more stri- three houses is more strategic where this game is like more tactical and by strategic i mean you spend a lot of time setting up your characters before going into battle yeah. and then you grind through the battles. And there's maybe a reason behind that because that game is so character focused and it's so about who you have on your team, who you're interacting with that you're then investing in that character and then you're bringing them onto the field. But at least you, you reviewed it for uh, the WAPO apparently put tons of hours into it. Does it ha- hold up? Uh, well, I, w- I would say yes in a way. First, I just wanted to uh, go off of uh, what you guys were talking about with like the break system and whatnot. The the tactics were easily my favorite part of Engage. Uh, and one thing I really enjoyed was how they kind of took the classic tactics, like the, the weapon triangle and whatnot, and then uh, iterated on it in like really interesting yeah. ways. And so like the break mechanic, I loved. I thought that was so cool. Um, another mechanic I really liked was the smash weapons, which are just super powerful weapons that always go second. Um, and also push the the character one space away. But if the character is broken, then you can just go right away. Like the, the disadvantage is, is just thrown off the table. Uh, and then if you smash them into another unit or a wall, then that breaks their guard. And so it's just, it really affected like how I like placed my units and uh, interacted with the map and whatnot. And I just thought it, it had me like riveted. I, I think right now I have like 95 hours in the game. Wow. Interesting. Uh, I started playing it for a second a second playthrough on heart uh, on Maddening, which is available from the get-go, which I really appreciated because uh, with three houses, Maddening was not available at first and I found it very easy. And so I was like, I'm going to wait until to, to play through the other like paths once they add that. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm going to finish my second playthrough because 
uh, it's just like, I, I feel like I've kind of seen everything now. Mm-hmm. And now it's just mm-hmm. getting into like the nitty gritty of like, let's see if I can go up against impossible odds. And I'm like, mm, that was fun when I was a kid. I don't know if I have the patience nowadays to, to do that for hours on end. Um, but they do have, a, Engage does have a lot of uh, in-game comment, in-game, in-game content uh, and like supplementary stuff. Um, I really enjoyed the paralogs uh, for each Force Ghost. So like Marth and Lynn and all them, for each of I'm them. I'm glad that we're, I'm, I'm glad that this is a thing now that we're just mm-hmm. going to call them mm-hmm. Force Ghosts. Yeah, that's just the language of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, they're standing there glowing. They're, they're part of the cast. They're a group. They're interacting with people. They're just hanging out, yeah. They, yeah, they but they're talk, force ghosts. They hang out. They, the plot, they even the bond. Re- the plot reason's pretty shaky. It's like, oh, yeah, this this country is at the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, why. sure, why not? <laughs> sure. They th- we think threw about babies into different dimensions in, uh, yeah. what was it, the conquest and, and whatever. Like, oh, you're going to the baby dimension because you haven't grown up. Like, <laughs> it was <laughs> weird. We can't figure out time travel in this game, so baby dimension but so like each paralogue is like a level from whatever game that character is from uh and that was very much a nostalgia trip with just like uh, yeah you know if you if you played any of the old games but it also served double duty as um when you engage with these characters from the other games you get uh, special skills and abilities uh and it's a lot to keep track of it, it, it is there's like i agree yeah there's 12 rings and then the ones you have available changes throughout the plot because of different plot beats. Uh, and it can be, and then it also changes based on your bond with like that unit's bond with that uh, force ghost uh, changes, like which magic spells you can use and which uh, weapons you can use. So it's a lot to keep track of, but um, the paralogs you fight against those uh, force ghosts and it kind of like is a practical demonstration of how you can use them in battle. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. Can I just say that playing Fire Emblem Engage makes me think a little bit about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and I think I've complained at points that I find Xenoblade Chronicles 3 to be a little silly, Mm, but mm. Fire Emblem Engage is extremely silly, and I'm here for it because it makes no bones whatsoever about actually being serious. It's silly from the start. When I was playing it, I was like, oh, this is some Sailor Moon shit right here where, Mm. you know, when you are activating your ring and then it's spinning and doing the magical girl transformation, basically, uh, with Marth and everything. Like the hair changes afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I love it. Let's go. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just the game is a lot of fun right from the start, I think. And also by Nintendo Switch standards, I think quite attractive. It looks oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. 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 It's a good looking Switch game. I like how and colorful it, it is. Yeah. Three Houses was so like I went back to look at footage of Three Houses and it was so much grimier than I remember it looking. It's mute, a little I, more muted. Yeah. Like like there was just kind of this you know, it, it fit the the style of the game, I guess, but there's something about the character art in Engage that reminds me of the first time I played Awakening and seeing on the three DS those like really well animated renders of Krom and Lucina and and all those those you know famous Fire Emblem characters and seeing that on the switch I was like oh oh this is so good this is like the good character art I remember from the series and I think there's a lot of love for the art in this game that 
really brings those characters across even stuff like the the crit animations in this game are so good they're they're so much better than they've been in a long time i love all the close-ups and stuff that they do for this game and yeah it 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 stylistically is is honestly like leaps and bounds above what what we've seen for a while for sure uh when you rest uh, addition i thought was really good was when you rest your cursor on one of uh your units in battle like the 3d uh, art comes up for it, which I thought. Yeah, really? I like that. Oh, that looks so cool. Uh, um, yeah, big step I'll... up from Three Houses, which was not a bad looking game on the Switch, I might add. No, no, no. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, on the subject of the overly anime stuff, I do think it's interesting that, you know, I, I think some people are coming to this maybe having only played three houses and, and having people. Yeah. yeah. And so I have seen some people be like, oh, I really wanted a deep story, a political yeah. story, that sort of thing. And I I'm curious as to whether we think that is like a reason why Engage might not latch on with a lot of people, because. I do think that this is a Fire Emblem game for people who are down with what it's doing, either as a very Saturday morning anime tactics battler or as just a love letter to the history of Fire Emblem. And it's I think a Fire you... Emblem for Fire Emblem fans, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I like feel old pretty... school, like the people who are <clears throat> originally drawn in. Uh, I was originally drawn in by the tactics and I really enjoyed the characters. I, I thought the story was above average. Uh, for the most part, I liked the layers within it. In this one, it's a little bit of a celebration of Fire Emblem history. The tactics are far deeper than they certainly were during Three Houses. The story is very whatever um, yeah. in this game, I, I in feel, which case... Mm-hmm, go ahead, Elise. I was going to say, I, I completely agree. I, I feel pretty confident that if you're coming into this game having only played Three Houses or because you liked Three Houses, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, so it might not land with, uh, it might not land with more recent uh, newcomers to the series. And honestly, old school fans will probably may actually just be like, "Well, I, I'm not sure what the point of this game is exactly. I'd rather just have a straight up mainline Fire Emblem game rather than sort of a odd take on Fire Emblem Heroes, I guess you could call it. But if you take it on its own merits." I think Fire Emblem Engage so far is really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Like I said, it's really kind of hails back to the, the olden days of Fire Emblem when it was more about tactics, which is fine with me. Like we had Hmm. some great story moments with, I don't know. Okay. Sorry, Nadia. I, has it always, 
The original Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon was Dragon Quest with a tactics map. And I wouldn't exactly say yeah. that it was always about the tactics. I just wanted to push back well, against I, I that just mean slightly. Like, yeah, like, I don't mean like it's purely about the tactics, but it always prioritized tactics over story. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so this is a little bit more like going back to that. And uh, we already had a great story with Three Houses. We had a great story with Awakening. So I understand why they want to say, okay, let's just get back to basics here. And it I works for the most part, I think. I will say that Genealogy and Thrashia, which are three and four in the series, I think, have not come over to the U.S., but those are pretty renowned for their stories as well as their tactics. But that's true. I do think on the whole what you're saying about like mm -hmm. getting back to the tactics, like, like to tactics, meaning something like the on. I, I again, we talked about this in Pantheon for three houses, and and I agree with what we even said in this podcast that like the strategic layer is what ends up informing the tactical layer. But this game specifically has so much more focus on what little decisions are you making turn by turn? Like, how are you attacking units in what order? How are you positioning your units? Yeah. I find that I'm getting punished way more often. Whereas in three houses, most units by the end of that game, even my like casters, my tome users could kind of just walk around the battlefield like it was a Musou game, just pop in people <laughs> left and right. And it didn't really matter what I was doing because, oh, you know, this this guy's a general. He's got heavy armor, but I have a special ability that's armor breaker. So I'm going to break his armor and I can still fight him and it doesn't matter. Whereas this game, I feel like in the moment I am having to make much more impactful decisions. And that reminds me of those GBA Fire Emblems where mm -hmm. I I put one Myrmidon slightly, slightly out or my Pegasus Knight goes on one risky sojourn to the other side of the map and all of a sudden there's an archer there and boom, character gone. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is a Fire Emblem in the sense that you're fighting a dragon and it's and always chaotic enemies. And mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you're kind of rolling with it. Notably fewer social sim elements in this one compared to three houses. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. do get a, a castle and, but it's a little bit like the fire emblem fates, like awakenings or sorry, conquest slash birthright, where you have like a, a place that you slowly unlock and upgrade uh, yeah. day by day. There are cutscenes uh, where you can like bond with people. You can give them gifts and such. Um, you can go to sleep and they'll wake you up. <laughs> cool. Hey, hey Marth. Wow. And not only that, but they change based Marth. they change based on your support. There's six for each character. It's so weird. Nintendo just go all the way. Intelligent systems just go all the way. Just do Elise, it. Elise, <laughs> who is waking up your Aquafresh uh, character? Uh it's I don't know if it's if it's determined by your support or what. It seemed pretty random to me, but yeah, you can go rest in your room and then uh it the game encourages you to put on headphones. And so I was like, ooh, what is this? And I did that. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just a unit coming up and like murmuring like, oh, is she asleep? And then as soon as you wake up, it's like a little cutscene and like little sparkles go off around them. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, uh, that's a choice they made a, there. A lot of the stuff at the uh, Somnial, which is like your home base, that that's pretty much my reaction to it, where I was like, okay, this is, this is a thing. <laughs> This happened. <laughs> this happened. This was the series that had head padding as a thing. Yeah. Like it, it, it basically treated your characters and fates can... as Pokemon. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's black. <laughs> you can polish yeah. the rings. You can polish the rings. <laughs> polish. Is that, what, is that what the kids call it these days? <laughs> you can. And it's so it's so bizarre. It kind of reminded me of the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh, 
picnicking, like that weird mm-hmm. cutscene mm-hmm. that just seems very uncanny, uh, because you just kind of like tap at the ring and it mm-hmm. it specific sections don't get cleaner. The whole ring gets clean, progressively cleaner. And then there's your head and then there's the the mm-hmm. head of the emblem. And they're just like, yeah, getting all the crevices. Good job. <laughs> and it's so what? weird. It's Polish so this game rated. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it, I can just picture the ESRB saying bot. like, it, it should be E and yet... <laughs> I mean, technically, it's a T, but like <laughs> the first thing I thought of was that awakening or what game was it where you pet the pet the people? Was that Fates? Fates, I think that was Fates. Fates. Yeah. yeah. First thing I thought of. Crazy. I when it comes to uh, Fire Emblem Engage, uh, I mean, we've been kind of going. Oh, the story is whatever. Surprisingly moved by an early twist. I, I don't know if you could call it an early twist, but it was very emotional. The, the cutscenes in this game definitely hit hard, I think. Um, one other thing I want to observe is that while we've been praising the graphics, initially it looked great on the TV. When I switched over to handheld, it still looked very good, but it seemed like the performance took a little bit of a hit. Um, I, I noticed that the the frame, like it had a little bit more stuttering, I guess you could say, especially on the map. Was this something that you observed, Elise? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, if there was, because some of those later maps, there's so many units on the board. Um, and so it does kind of like start to chug along. Um, and I noticed some like popping in the somnial mostly with, um, you had it, like everyone's hanging out. And so like, you know, you would run and then someone would, would pop up like as you got closer. Um, and there's also like a farm so you can adopt animals and they would always, they would never pop up until I was like right on top of them. And then I'm like, oh, Hi, hi, Magic hi, cat. hi, Mr. Goat. I would like Fire Emblem in the future to combine what they did with Three Houses with the tactics, the refined tactics of this game. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, yeah, cool. I feel like they can do that. It's like the, this this game didn't really meld those, but I feel like there's a path forward where that is a thing that can exist. I don't entirely know how, but I, I'm confident. And on the flip side, I'm okay with Fire Emblem. I I personally am okay with Fire Emblem trying a lot of different things. And I'm glad that they just didn't just go back to the three houses template, I guess you could say, um, as successful as that was for them. Going going back to the classics a little bit um, of the series, it's, it's nice that Fire Emblem can have many different identities. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, final thoughts, Elise? Um, oh, the one thing I wanted to highlight was um, one of the reasons I spent so many hours, because the, the main campaign's maybe like 40, 50 hours, which is mm. long, but not super long for an RPG. Um, the main reason I spent a lot of time in addition to that uh, was there is a Tower of Trials, which gets unlocked pretty later on. It, it has nothing to do with like plot stuff, so no, po- no spoilers, but... Um, it opens up the game to online play and then also just these like see how many trials you can you could you know, see how many levels you can uh you can last without without dying um oh. and i found those to be really fun um there was there's trials that you complete a circuit of three maps and then you can change the difficulty based on like uh your level 
uh, that was really fun. I had a lot, and it's on different maps too. Uh, I had a lot of fun just trying to see how quickly I could beat it, like in how few turns. Um, there is a co-op mode called Relay Race, which mm -hmm. I didn't really play around with too much, um, but it's kind of like you pick up the leg of a map from someone else with your own units, and then you see how far you can get. Um, and then there's a competitive, or competitive, against each other mode, uh, that I had a lot of fun with where you build your own map uh, and you can oh. put like, uh, you know, stuff to like bushes or uh, breakable obstructions. Um, and then it goes online and people can try to break through it. And then you can like watch a replay of people trying to get through it. Uh, and that was really cool. I had a, I spent a lot of time just like trying to figure out like the hardest one I could make and then seeing people break it and then going back in and tinkering with it to like, like, oh, okay, I need to build up my defenses here. Um, so there, there's a lot of, even though the the side content, like in the actual Soulmeal feels very like fluffy and extraneous, extraneous the stuff in, um, the extra stuff in the Tower of Trials, I had a lot of fun with. I have to say, I was a little worried that <laughs> Fire Emblem Engage would be, I don't know, that it would be a little fluffy, that it was kind of a, a play, a fan service play, but it really does seem like they really flesh this game out in a way that I wasn't quite expecting. Uh, so I'm appreciative of that. And it feels, even though it's not what I would exactly call a core entry, it's, it does, it is at least fully formed and not just a, okay, but Marth is in this one. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I, I joke on it for like story stuff or some of the weird stuff around this whole meal, but uh, like I said, I spent 90 hours in it. Uh, it's so a lot of hours. <laughs> it's a lot of hours, and it, it flew by, honestly, um, because the things, the mechanics they do add are very fully formed. So like with the with the emblems, the characters you engage with um, have a very wide range of stuff they can do in battle. Uh, Sigurd can like slash through a line of enemies. Um, Cecilia can cross over enemy lines and then just use a powerful magic attack. Uh, and so it was really fun figuring out, okay, this, this character, I, you know, I can't have Cecilia with this character because even if he goes beyond enemy lines, he's squishy and they're going to kill him instantly. So yeah. let me try mm -hmm. doing it with this character because he's stronger, but then it, and so it's really, it, a lot of my time was just figuring out how to like min max these combinations of characters and emblems Um in three houses, there was like a big focus on like your character can be anything. So even if it was like a, a super strong character, you could kind of like point it towards the magic track or, or whatnot. That's kind of absent from engage. It's it's very much like this is the class the character is supposed to be, and so he's going to go down this route. Um, but the emblems really kind of like add a twist to that. So I wasn't, I, I didn't, I thought that I would miss that that like lack of custom customization, whatever the word is. Uh, but with the emblems, it, it really like changed up how you could use your uh, units in battle from battle to battle because you can change the rings at any time. And Elise, what's your favorite Fire Emblem or is this your first Fire Emblem? Uh, this is not my first. My favorite would be Hard. I really like Three Houses, um, but then I also have a lot of nostalgia for the blazing blade because that was my first one nice mm -hmm. um cool yeah so like yeah like a lot of kids i played marth and roy and smash brothers and i was like oh i want that yes. game 
and that guy has red hair that must be roy and it was not roy (laughs) but i still had a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) everyone thought that at first i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then we finished the game and said oh i still think it's funny that they released Blazing Blade here, not the one that came before it, that actually did have Roy. That had Roy, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've, I've just, like, played them growing up. Um, and then even though Three Houses, I the tactics weren't as, like, extensive or built out, I was such a sucker for the plot. I beat that game, like, four different times. Like, I, I did every route because I, I really loved the, like, Game of Thrones intrigue style stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at its best, Fire Emblem can have the high-level super fantasy, oh, there's a big dragon, you gotta kill it. It's always a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. There's always a lighthouse, there's always a pit, there's always so- a dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then there can be a lot of intrigue between the different nations and all of the characters representing them and such. And I think that finds maybe its best form in games like Fire Emblem Three Houses and Genealogy of the Holy War and even Awakening, <clears throat> to a degree, I thought, did a pretty good job with the actual um, politicking, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, so returning to the, does Fire Emblem have a good story? In that respect, I think it often does. But not Fire Emblem Fates. That was not a good story. But... With uh, with Fire Emblem Engage, I was uh, disappointed with the, there wasn't a lot of the, the politicking. Um, but I think it's mostly because each of the nations, there's like four nations, they have one core character trait, and then everyone from that nation shares that same character trait. <laughs> yeah. Or the Fire Nation. Yeah. And there's like the Emo Nation, there's the Carefree <laughs> Spirit Nation, there's the We're Interested in Fighting Nation. Um, and so you, when you get characters like in uh, support conversations talking, like every once in a while, they'll gesture to like political discourse. But for the most part, it's like, I like working out. Don't you? Yeah, I love working out. That's how I solve all my diplomatic I, problems. I'm of so many minds about that because I do think some of the earlier supports in Fire Emblem games were just two people hanging out and being like, yo, I love working out. I love working out, too. We should be better friends because of this. And I always like that sort of, oh, look at look at my himbos look, getting along <laughs> at B-rank support. But uh, yeah, I, I will say even early on, support conversations have been very hit or miss i did really like one with uh my my male alir and the pegasus knight you get very early on where she's like oh i was just watching you sleep divine dragon he's like oh well that startles me and she's like well you know it would startle you less if i did it more often of course then i'd have to sleep in your room and he's like no can't do that and i'm sitting here and i'm like you have been asleep for a thousand years. You cannot just drop like this. You cannot fumble this bad, Alir. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there, there's, I, I got that one also like close to the beginning. And I was like, why is this game so obsessed with watching this girl sleep or this boy sleep? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so that bears mentioning that to my understanding in this game, any character who is S rank romanceable is S rank romanceable by either male or female Alir, which might mean that this game has the most potential for romance out of any fire emblem. I guess like, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm honestly not sure which characters are romanceable because, uh, and I think it might be different with the English and the Japanese one, but uh, certain characters, you can't marry anyone who's like, teenage but then the person i got to s with 
didn't seem like they were teenage. So I'm honestly not even sure who, who you can romance. Uh, yeah. I thought I was romancing one of the romance options and then I was not. They were like, you're such a good friend. I'm going to wear your ring forever. And I was like, yeah. I, I want to marry you. There's there's like some discourse about that right now. And I want to be like careful how I word this because some of it is like, oh, you know, you get your S rank and you literally, as with other Fire Emblems, you can S rank one person. And that's like who you have like locked it in with and in this mm-hmm. game you literally give them a ring because it's all about engaging and engagement and stuff like that uh some oh, of them i get it <laughs> i just got it the name i just wish they had like a list of like okay these are the romance ones because so it's not immediately obvious yeah, yeah but some mm-hmm. of the ones i have seen for example anna the the merchant girl who is in every fire emblem game not romanceable in this one also very crucial to note that while in other games, Anna has typically been like a mid twenties character in this game. Anna is 11 years old. So why? there's a very important reason why, <laughs> why? that character is not romanceable. <laughs> that, oh, gracious. that one I fully understand. I fell in love yeah, with, there's yeah. a very, there's a character that reminded me of um, Finster, the streamer, just very like femme cute. Mm, mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I love them. I want to marry them. Uh, and they are not romanceable. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But they're very good friends. There are some that I think are weird. And I think others where there was maybe an executive decision made that like this should not fly. This is probably not <laughs> good. Um, shout outs to my boy, Kenneth Shepard, who was so excited to play Fire Emblem and romance Vander and then found out that Vander is not is is a platonic romance oh no he was so excited for that reinhardt meets soldier 76 looking dude that's what he reminded me of i'm like i know this jerk what where's he from yeah um it's okay i found him another beard boy so we're good (laughs) no who's the other beard boy uh uh, mm, might be considered spoilers i I think i know who you're talking about yeah yeah. i take back my question he he is also romanceable and I looked up the S rank scene for that character and it is actually very, very good. And so I was like, you go for this one. Maybe I will be bad editing mode then and then just romance him. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wanted to also note that I think one thing that I found. Uh, like annoying with the support conversations is um, even though like a lot of them are very shallow, they kind of like, they hint at more interesting things. So like one of the ones I did, they talked about a group of people called the fair folk who don't age and don't need to sleep. 
and then they just didn't answer. They just like, okay, next next topic, like let's talk about working out again. And I was like, <laughs> casually I want to know. And, and I was trying to like do supports <laughs> with these characters that like interested me, but then those like uh, those paths would never go anywhere. No no conclusions, no more information. Um, but some of them were really funny. I had a there's one guy you get early on, Lewis, who's a, a knight. He's mm. a huge creep, but in a very wholesome way, which I don't know how that works out. But um, he likes to watch people. He likes to people watch. That's his hobby, if you can call it a hobby. Um, I like to watch. And, huh. and there's another knight who is a lady. I forget her name. Um, but he was he was watching her, and she was like, why don't you go back to a life of minding your own damn business? <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I like her. She's like super stoic. She writes funny books. Again, they didn't explain more. I wanted to know more. I was like, what kind of books? What, what's the punchline? Um, but so they, they like gesture at these more interesting character developments, and then they are just totally content to leave them lying there and go on to something else. Well, Fire Emblem Engage is available now on Nintendo Switch. Uh, first kind of big RPG of the year, first Nintendo Switch RPG of the year. And I have to say, a pleasant surprise. I did not have really any expectations uh, going into this one, and I find myself already digging it. So looks like another winner. But it's time now for the Pantheon Revisit. The segment in which we look back on one of the games that we discussed on the Pantheon of the Blood God to decide, and one of the more controversial ones, did it deserve to make the Pantheon or not make the Pantheon? And this week we're talking about Tales of Vesperia. Elise, was that one that you ever played? That is, that's the one with um, a girl named Elise, is like one of the main characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I tried to play that twice and fell off both times. Also has a smoking dog. <clears throat> yeah, it has a dog with a pipe in it. Repeat. Uh, Repeat. That should go. Uh, that that should make it into the pantheon just by virtue of that. Uh, Eric, you were actually on that episode, right? I was. I was, and I think I even may have voted against it. I'd have to go back and and listen to the mm-hmm. episode at the time. I think you were all in on it, but then by the end of the episode, we all went, "Yeah, it's it's." It's good. <laughs> anyway, well, moving on. It it did not make it. So that's an important thing to note. It did not mm-hmm. make it into the Pantheon. And I do think that Vesperia is an interesting case in the Tales history of this game that is maybe very indicative of a classic style of Tales that is not really around yeah. anymore, probably won't be around anymore at this point. Uh, Tales of Arise made it very clear that they're moving into like a 3D combat action very final fantasy 7 remake is is kind of the blueprint at this point i think uh and it's it's interesting i think vesperia has one of the best protagonists in rpg history straight up just i agree flat out i i love yuri he's great um the the one dude who's like you know what this guy is bad so i'm gonna go kill him and he just goes and murders him in the middle of the night and one of my favorite cutscenes in that game is him like leaving a dude to die in quicksand and his his best friend walking up and being like, 
dude, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just killing the dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting results. Yeah. Um, he's he's very good. I, I like that whole cast a lot. I do think it's also a game that succumbs to the worst habits of tales at times, um, which include such bangers as this game is about a third longer than it needs to be. And yeah. oh my God, how many dungeons are in this game? And oh my God, all these dungeons are boring. <laughs> and uh, I, it is a complicated game that I don't know even now if I would put it in the Pantheon or not, but it is one that is worth talking about as a representative of the Tales series for sure. I mean, it's still the best Tales game, right? Or is that no. now Arise? No, no. I, I, I would say I would yeah, put Arise, Arise over it. Yeah, I really, uh, really liked Arise. But I would say Tales, uh, Vesperia, definitely one of my favorite casts in an RPG. Not just uh, Yuri and Repeat, but uh, also Rita. I think she's hilarious. Rita's great. I think yeah. the way she tortures can't. What's the little, little pest's name oh uh, uh yeah i always forget his name starts Cam, with the, is it carol 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 that's right it's, it's like, i always want to call him lloyd because he looks like what <laughs> he lloyd, does. The, the protagonist of symphonia would look like if slightly yeah. younger yeah because he's a little bit um, with the big hammer right yeah that's right yeah. yeah 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 and just the way rita tortures him and mm-hmm. that's what makes me laugh because everybody knows nobody likes him like the, it's like he was just put in there to annoy the player and then, like, he was given a counter immediately. Like, you never see that. You always have the annoying kid character, but you never have the foil to the annoying kid character who tells him to shut up and just, like, torments him because he won't shut up. So, I do I do remember I, Rita. Rita was my favorite of what I played. Rita was great. Just, like, this was back, actually, when... Um, one thing I am going to miss is the old-fashioned Vesperia cutscenes with yeah, the, the portraits. The skits, yeah. Those were skits. so much better. Oh, my God. And just the way there was one where Yuri's yabbering about something or other, and he just seen the background, like, mm-hmm. through the portraits alone, like, Rita's slowly sneaking up on, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Carol and just starts chasing after him like a ghost. Like, they're so fun. just talking, ignoring this is going on. So, yeah, I, I love that cast. That was a great cast. They're so fun and so anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is like the ultimate comfort food RPG to me. If I want to just play something that feels cozy, like Tales of Vesperia comes to mind. When I think about the Tales series, <clears throat> I'm a little bit like, what is the Tales' series legacy outside of there being a lot of them? That's a good I mean, question. they're they're cute. They're it's- funny. They're the the old country buffet of uh, of rpgs in some ways you you go there not expecting anything particularly great but it's going to be really filling um i know that our friend victor hunter is a big tales guy and could probably talk at some like we did a whole tales ranking episode he was on that yeah but what is the legacy of this series why does it matter campfires it's all about the campfires it's about that coziness it's about the party like i think it does have good party dynamics yeah tales better than almost any other series and i would say consistently better than most other rpg series just has good party dynamics of here's the group they're gonna hang out they're gonna have skits together they're gonna have campfires together they're it, it develops those bonds between the party members in a way that a lot of other games i think either took note of or need to take note of. Like, I don't think it's, I, I would be surprised if tales was not somewhat influential on the, the prevalence of stuff like Xenoblade three and the, the campfire scenes and everybody yeah. just kind of like vibing out together. <laughs> like 
that is a tales thing to me uh is a very tales moment to me uh and, and i think more than anything else that that is what i think of when i think of a good tales game it was unabashedly anime and i think easily one of its most popular aspects consistently two two things one is it's action-based combat oh yeah yeah which was like a defining feature right from the start and then it's little vignette cutscenes where the characters are interacting with one another mm-hmm. which correct me if i'm wrong nadia i think that was pioneered by dragon quest question mark uh i'm trying to think because i know in, in four you had the caravan but i don't know mm-hmm. like did you have anything in the way of cut in of campfires in five or six or i know 11 had some good ones my memory is a little great. hazy on this one but. yeah i don't mm-hmm. think it, i'm not thinking dragon quest i'm thinking of campfire except for 11 I, mm-hmm. I feel like the characters could like actually talk to each other relatively early on and maybe in Dragon Quest oh, 5. In Dragon Quest 5 and maybe even 4, you could talk to your party members like by pressing a button, but I don't think you could have like a campfire uh, scene unless I'm misremembering. Again, mm-hmm. COVID brain. Yeah, there's there are a lot of games like Bioware and stuff like that where you can talk to your party members and have like interactions between your character and another character, but like Fire Emblem and Tales, very timely for both these, are two games I think of that actually just let all of the party interact and hang out with each other and and have like a full rounded party dynamic instead of just player focused dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and, and I like that a lot. Beware the Slime says Vesperia has its feet firmly in the PS1 era of RPGs in terms of design. That makes it a lovely bit of comfort food, but not a lot to keep you motivated to keep playing outside of the likable characters. Um, it may, when I think of Tales, I think of a series that was unabashedly anime, maybe a little bit even before it was cool. I'm not saying that there was no such thing as an anime RPG during like the 16-bit era or anything like that, but I, I, I just think that from the start, Tales had its identity right it, it, yeah. it was playing its games it's like we, yeah. we yeah. know you no, absolutely. This. it was on like that lunar grandia side of the dial where it was like yeah we're we're doing the thing um, its original legacy was that it was an xbox 360 rpg uh which was a big deal mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. but maybe not as much of a deal these days but tales of Vesperia, it's an interesting one the the the, the remaster was fairly lovely I think. And I mean, it still has repeat has very likable cast. Um, It's kind of like cut rate dragon quest in some ways with a little bit with an action system. Yeah. It's a JRPG, a JRPG ass JRPG. Don't really think that it deserves to be in the pantheon myself. Um, And our, I did a little snap poll in the stars of destiny chat and i got two ban emojis and a shrug emojis so that tells you where <laughs> you know, i always get the shrug emoji yeah yeah i just do the shrug emoji every time even, Same. As, even as like a fan of the tales series i feel like the tales games that like i didn't get into as much that's also i'm like eh, it was all right cool yeah yeah it's it's always a thing that's novel and interesting and I, I love being able to play a cozy 80 hour RPG that also asks me to do fighting game combos like that's fun. But uh, at the end of the day, I do think Tales, even with a rise, is still trying to break that mold and get into yeah. that 
um, higher echelon of RPGs. And and in some ways, I hope they never break it because I think if they try <laughs> to be too much like Final Fantasy, it will lose what I like about that series. So that's fair. Maybe they yeah. should add having kids. Take the Fire Emblem Awakening route. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Romance. I, 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 there are people who really care about this series, like adore it. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I know a few mm-hmm. people like mm-hmm. that. And they all latch on to their favorite. Mm-hmm. I am yeah, one of those people. They all have their favorites. Um, and I think it's a lot of the times because of the, the casts, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. like I just really like this particular cast. These these games have a like a nice kind of cute dynamic, I guess you could say, a lot of the time. Except for Tales of the Abyss, but yeah, Tales of Vesperia. Um, I'm gonna say no. Probably shouldn't go in the pantheon. What about you, Eric? Oh yeah, no, I, I don't think it's. I love it, but I don't think it's a pantheon game. Uh, how about you, Nadia? Oh, uh, no, it's, it doesn't. Like, great game, for the reasons I said, but it's definitely not Pantheon material. Uh, a Tales game will get there someday, maybe. Maybe, maybe someday. Maybe a rise. Maybe someday. Elise, do Keep you have any final, any final thoughts? Do you think it's a Pantheon-level RPG? Uh, I'm going to weigh in on no, because uh, I tried it twice, and it didn't really capture my attention, um, even though like other Tales games have. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the fourth yeah, no. Yeah, fair. Well, we are going to make the final call when we do our Pantheon of the Blood God revisit in a couple months. But in the meantime, we are going to continue to revisit our Pantheon entries in the Pantheon Revisit segment. And go check out the full Tales of Vesperia entry, which is in the backlog for our patron subscribers. Okay, Nadia, take us home. So the ironic thing about today's pit, yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know what it is. It's the a pit. Thing of, it's always a pit. Even Spoiler. When it's a, <laughs> even when it's a work, it's a shoot. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I just had a visual image. This pit was made for me. Like the, <laughs> this whatever is that called. Pit. It was made yeah. very Nadia shape. has a very, very wide hips and a very big butt. <laughs> but so when I was sick, I played, as I mentioned, a little bit of Secret of Mana. And uh, while I was playing that, I was thinking back to the first time I played this game, which was in 1993, it was on my Super Nintendo. I was kind of a loner in terms of video games. I didn't really have anyone I could share RPG stuff with, no one I could really talk to. So it was all in t- inside my head and it all festered and that's how I turned out the way I am today. I, I knew that I could relate to you for something, Nadia. I was exactly <laughs> There you kid. go. <laughs> to finally find your people, it's like, oh. Like, I'm, I'm getting a vibe, yeah. <laughs> In 93, that, that didn't really happen. And um, Elise, have you played Secret of Mana? I have. My, I've played a lot of RPGs, but my uh, the, the gaps in my play history are egregious. So no, I right. have not. That's fair. That's fair. But I love this game in 93, and I was actually playing the... Uh, there's an Ice Palace level with a character called a Magic Book. Sorry, an enemy called a Magic Book. And this enemy is infamous because... Basically, it's a little book, and it flips its pages like it's an invis- like there's it's just like you know operating on its own. It flips its pages to cast spells, and it's actually a really cute animation. Now, if you are really lucky or blessed or unlucky, whatever the word you want to use here is, this this book will literally flip to a naked ass picture of a girl. 
<laughs> on the Super Nintendo. Like I'm you don't listening. see anything. There's, you, there's no boobs. There's no butts. Like he's kind of lying down. Uh-huh. It's definitely a you know Playboy kind of pose. And I remember see- this happened when I was playing the game as a 13 year old. I you know playing the Ice Palace. La 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 la. Oh here's this book. Oh my God, there's a naked chick. What happened? And here the- I knew at the time, as everyone knew, that Nintendo was crazy about censorship. Like there was no way this was supposed to happen. And I'd seen it happen. And then my brain kind of snapped because I'm like, who do I tell? Who do I tell? How do I make sure I'm not hallucinating? How do I know I didn't accidentally drop acid as a 13 year old? <laughs> so I, 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 this, this secret is inside me for the longest time. I'm like, I can't tell my parents. I go, hey, mom and dad, there's a naked lady in my game. They're not, that's not going to fly with them. I, I can't tell my friends who like, you know, they play video games, but it's like the most they know is like Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Or then you become that weird girl who played the game with a naked person in it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I, they, my friends know I'm weird, but even I'm not that weird. I'm not going to like reveal how weird I am. So for years, decades, even I kept this secret to myself, like, and finally finding the, on the internet answers, like, oh yeah, there's this thing, there's this naked lady in secret of mana. Like it's a very, very rare secret. You only see, I've only seen it like maybe once or twice the whole time I played the game. And, uh, so just getting that out there and realizing, oh my God, I didn't hallucinate this. Like that's kind of, that's a very self gratifying moment for me. Like noting, like I did not hallucinate. I was, this was real. This is a thing I saw and seeing it also in the age of Nintendo censorship. Like that was a, that was an interesting, that was one of my more interesting little like side tales about playing RPGs as a child. Just, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the only one who saw it and thought to myself, oh, God, who do I tell? This is festering inside me. And thankfully, the Internet came around and saved people like myself. So thank you. Yeah. Internet. I was going to say pre-Internet that had to be it. Just it was a torture. fascinating moment of how did I find this? Did I get a weird bootleg copy of exactly. Secret of Mana? Like, <laughs> exactly. Is this some weird hack? What's wrong with my game? I, I mean, that's the that's what creepy posters are for. It's like, oh yeah, there's this weird hack, and there was a naked lady in yeah. this game. I and can then, and that then Link started poster. talking to me and said, "I I regret everything. I'm sorry." <laughs> that her, sounds like some creepy. Her name was Ben right Drown. Oh god. Ben <laughs> that's You've met a with a terrible story. Fate. Oh yeah, that yeah, and yeah. the NES, uh, the NES Godzilla cartridge creepypasta. That's mm-hmm. actually really well done. Mm-hmm. Nadia's looking at the picture and going, "I sure hope this doesn't awaken anything in me." <laughs> it's the origin of the pit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the origins. There are many. Nadia, there are I had many a, origins. I had a similar experience with the the entire game, um, Chameleon Twist. Are you guys familiar with that? Mm-hmm. I'm familiar Twist. with the. Yeah. I've, I remember the ads. Because I, I would describe it to people and they're like, that's not a game because it's you play as a chameleon and the, the analog stick on the N64 is like the thing in the middle of the controller moved your tongue uh, and you fought uh, ice creams and other desserts that were alive. And I'm like, oh, I would like explain it to people. I'm like, no, I played this game, but I played it at like daycare. So I was like, did I imagine that? Because I never owned it, but it was a real game and it got a sequel that wasn't as cute. When I did uh, karate, there were sometimes birthday parties there, and uh, they had an N64, and so they had Mario Party. Okay, you'd expect that. And the other game was Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, it's got cartoons. a cute squirrel on the front. How could it be a Kids bad game? Kids got to learn about the great What's mighty What's an M sometime? rating? No one knows about that. Yeah. <laughs> Conker, Jesus. And on that note, that is the end of this week's episode of Axe of the Blood God. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be 
heading into the post-show momentarily. Um, Elise, thanks so much for being on the show. Tell us one more time where we can find you and please promote some things. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I am Pithy Elise on Twitter and most other platforms. Uh, and then just check out launcher.gg, the site I work for. We got lots of good stuff, uh, lots of breaking news. 2023 has already been a very big year for, for news and we're not even done with January. So uh, check mm-hmm. us out. It's only going to get bigger too. Yeah, go check Yay. out Launcher. Go check out Elise's excellent review of Fire Emblem Engage. Um, I have been your host, Cat Bailey. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. Nadia's at Nadia Oxford. Eric is at C-M-O-O-S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod, where we can find all of our bonus content. The Winter of Wick is coming up later this week, in which we'll be talking about John Wick 2. We already talked about John Wick 1, so go check out that episode as well. We'll be back next week, as always, to talk about the genre we love. But until then, for Nani, Eric, Elise, and myself, thanks for listening. Happy adventure. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.